0: Good to see you, it's great to be here and we thank God for what he's doing in our church and in our community and not only this church but churches all over the place that are pushing in going further and man it's time, it's time isn't it to go further, it's time not to uh, just have church but time to you know uh, find a new space in God and that's what we wanted to do. Did you enjoy that word about a well-ordered house last week? Because uh, uh, when we have a well-ordered house, then there is every possibility and even likelihood that the blessings of God will go from generation to generation. So for the last few months, I've been thinking about the generational blessings of a well-ordered house And last week we talked about blessing, you know, how blessing is a, it's like a supernatural, divine impartation of God into our very being. So it's more than just us being blessed by a minister or a priest or something like that. That is an external thing, it's a symbol. But when, in the truest sense, when Uh, the blessing of God comes into our life, it is a supernatural impartation of the Spirit of God right into the being of our life that changes our life, changes our direction. And the things that we face that were real problems before, they are still problems, but we actually now have the grace to overcome them. And that's what this is all about. And, you know, I really pray that this becomes a well-ordered house because if that is the case, if God sets it up like that, if we and, and He is, He's setting it up like that, that's the divine pattern that comes from heaven. There's an order to it. There is a pattern in the Old Testament temple. And there are patterns that we are meant to live by today. And this is a very wonderful thing. So, you know, what we long for is that, you know, Over 30 years, it's nearly 30 years now since we've been doing this. And, uh, you know, I think by now we're beginning to understand what a well ordered house is. But we want the blessing to go from generation to generation. We want the impartation to go from generation to generation. That the spiritual sons and daughters uh, of the house, the sons and daughters of the kingdom, that are being raised in the house would carry that blessing, that dimension of God from generation to generation. And sometimes when I use the word blessing, I feel like, almost like I'm diminishing something because the English word and the real meaning of blessing is far different. We want to be blessed. We want to give a, live a good life. But, you know, when Jacob... When Jacob was being born, there was a wrestle in the womb because there was something that God had for this young man. And, uh, and, and when Jacob uh, uh, looked for his father's blessing, he actually deceived his father because he knew that if his father laid hands on him and imparted blessing then that was something very powerful that would set him on course toward generational blessing. We want the blessing of God on what we do. Australia has been a blessed nation. But now we are living at a really, really important time because it's more like we are becoming like Esau, where we would prefer the benefits of one meal rather than the generational blessing that goes from father to son and from son to son it would be a generational blessing. And this morning you know what I want to do is I want to talk about you know last week was very much about the corporate part of that but this week I wanted to talk about internal alignment with heaven because every one of us you know I believe that the church really is a corporate gathering of people that have a huge capacity to have their very own personal connection with Jesus, their personal relationship with Jesus, and they can live as though they are connected to heaven. You know, heaven does not have to be a place that's far away. We are here to seek the kingdom of God. And I thought it would be great if we could just stand this morning and we could just pray into this. Father, we thank you for today. And we thank you, Father, that your word, of, your word is absolutely central to everything that we do here in this house. And Father, I pray this morning that we would become aligned internally with you. Father, where we've been out of sync And out of alignment with what you want, Father, I pray that you would adjust us and bring us back this morning like you did to Jacob. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this church, our future. I pray, Father, that you would give us the grace to build a well-ordered house, well-ordered families, well-ordered individuals, God, so that there would be generational blessings to follow for generation to generation to generation. And that is a promise in Acts chapter 2 verse 39 that says the promise is to you and to your children and to many you are far off and to as many as our God shall call. Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. internal alignment with heaven. As his people, and we are his people, more than we are just a local community, we are his people. Our first and most important priority after we find Christ is his kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said these words. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you now seek first the kingdom of god that's his kingdom and it's and it's yes it's after we leave this life but it's now you know now each one of us needs to be seeking first highest priority priority number one shouldn't be our job our sport our business, our activities, but should be the kingdom of God. Shouldn't even be the church, really. Church is part of that. You know, it's a a manifestation of that on the earth. But seek first the kingdom of God. And secondly, his righteousness. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and, say, and his righteousness. So righteousness, you know, according to the Bible, we are made righteous now by the blood of Jesus Christ, He became a curse so that, on the cross so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is a most amazing thing. That we this morning, if we have really genuinely understood the message of cross, the cross, and invited Jesus into our life, then we are made righteous. At the same time, we can be righteous in Christ, but not be living so righteously on the earth. Make sense? We can be made righteous in Christ because of the cross and because of the shedding of blood, but we can be living not so righteously on the earth. But here the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Everything that you need, everything that you're worried about will be added to you. Things that are happening or have happened in life can knock you off track. I have found this being a, a leader of the church for nearly 30 years that I've had some things that have really come to knock me off track. And at times, I've thought I've been down for the count. For instance, just over 20 years ago, I didn't believe that people had midlife crisis. I thought that's some, something wrong with people to have those. But then all of a sudden, I had a total, I guess it was a ministry burnout. And boy, I went through some things, but God knocked me off track. And you know, I really nearly got taken right out if it wasn't that I had such a wonderful wife, I would not be here doing what I'm doing today. I said to her, Lynn, I don't think I can go back to pastoring. And she said, and what are you going to do? <laughs> and you know, when you're married to the right people, say sometimes they say things to you that are very confronting at the right moment. But I thank God for that. But the point is, things can happen that knock you off track, they can knock you out of the way, they can knock you off course, and sometimes sometimes it's life's events, and sometimes it's bad decisions that you make. And this is where this morning I'm praying that people will come back and reprioritize and begin to seek first the kingdom of God. I don't know what your struggle is, I don't know what your demon is, I don't know what the demon is that you may be battling but this morning you can come right back in the line, you can fix it today, and you can come back on track, and that is the glorious message of the scriptures. But when things happen in life, we can get knocked off track, and we can deprioritize what is most important. And I thank God that continually God has brought me back, time and time and time again, and brought me back on track. And sometimes, you know, uh, I wish that I'd never been called to a pastor. Then other times I think, yeah, it's great because you've got to get back on track. You know, like, I can't send the pastor a message on Sunday morning and say, look, I'm feeling unwell, I can't make it. <laughs> you know, you've got to stand up and you've got to lead, and that's what it's like. One of the reasons that God allows challenges, you know, God allows Challenges. Oh, man, I didn't sign up for that when I became a leader. But God allows challenges. You know, and whether you're a pastor or a mother or a father, and God's called you, you're going to have challenges. God also allows restraints. He's allow, He allows restraints, you know. In the old days, I used to think... God, why aren't you using me? Why isn't it everybody seeing it my way? And it was like nobody could recognize that I was the man. Because I only thought I was the man. God had to make the man. And God's got to do that. There is such a thing as divine restraint. It's when it's like you being an arrow in God's quiver... And, you know, he pulls back the bow and there is a holding place there before God releases you. Sometimes God restrains people because it's during that time that the heart is tested and the necessary adjustment takes place so that God can really use you. Sometimes God even allows shaking and we've seen it globally in the last two and a half years. And I think that the fun has just started. But he wants us, wherever we're at today, this morning, to find our way right back. The perfect example that we touched on last week is the life of Jacob. And I just wanted to read this. So Jacob went out, this is Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. So Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. Jacob was a dealer, he was a business person, this is a trade route and, and the motels were obviously not that great like they are now. But Jacob went out there to this certain place. And this is actually, in a sense, it's like Jacob going along, doing his business, not really thinking about God much. But you've got to understand this, that he is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. And there was something missing and it was that third generation, it was Jacob. And Jacob was sort of a bit sideways in his behaviour and off track. Now, there is a place, a better place that God wants to bring us all. And this is a place where God repositions us and realigns us in the spirit so we read on and it says, Then he dreamed a dream, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were descending and ascending, ascending and descending on it. So this is really a really remarkable place. This is a place of divine encounter. And I really believe that when we come to the place of divine encounter, like if you're battling, if you're off track, if you haven't found your space, you must come to this place of divine encounter. This is a place literally where we have an encounter with the presence of God. This is why we worship God. And even in our worship, I believe that we have a choice we can sing the songs or we can cross over and go further into the presence of God. Because I really believe that if our adversary, the devil or the demonic realm or however you want to describe it, can keep you back out of the presence of God, then your life cannot become transformed the way that God intends to. God wants to transform you. He wants to transform me. It's not always an event, but often it can be. But normally, it's an event and a process. And God wants to take us there. For Jacob, this is an incredible place of divine encounter. There is angelic activity. The angels are are ascending and descending. And, you know, when we really find that place of worship, we can have that sense around about us. Wow, there's really angelic presence as we worship. This is why we need to press further and go further. You know, this morning, every one of us needs to go further, to take another step. You know, and to cast off restraint in our worship. And find that new place and come to him because it's sort of like there is a barrier and the barrier is between the flesh and the spirit. It's between our soul and our spirit. There is a division there that we do not cross over naturally. And, you know, sometimes we really have to commit ourselves to learning how to cross those boundaries This is where the answer for you is, and it is the answer for me. You know, 43 and a half years ago, Lynn and myself, you've heard me tell the story, and I love telling the story, how we went to the altar, the Holy Spirit led me, led us, and I led my wife to the altar on the Billy Graham crusade, and our life changed there. If I'm really honest, our life didn't change there but our direction did. But there were times of God encounter along the way where he called me deeper into his presence. For us today, this can be the beginning of the change that we need. This can be the place of change that we need. It can be a place of breakthrough. Whatever you're struggling with, don't let it remain an obstacle in your life for any longer. Don't. You are bigger than that. The cross is greater than that. The blood of Jesus has paid the price. Now his spirit dwells on the inside of you and you... Have a choice of whether you live this side in the realm of limited believing or if you cross over into destiny and you begin to live like a victorious son or daughter of God. I know this because God's progressively taken me on this journey. I remember applying for a job. I wanted to get out of the bank back in Albury because I was in a great church there and I I remember my pastor writing a reference, I think I applied for 30 jobs, had about 10 interviews, and the Lord never let me out of my job because he wanted me here. But I remember one of the references that my pastor wrote, he said, don't mistake Brian's apparent reserve for his strong, solid character. That was amazing reference, apparent reserve do you know what? God had to remove the limitations of my life. He prophesied over me and he said, Pastor Graham right, he, pa- he prophesied over me toward the end of my time there. And he said, uh, you know, in this time, God is like, in the spirit, caused you to crawl in the spirit. You will soon walk in the spirit. You'll run in the spirit. And you'll lead others in the spirit. You see, where have you set up the boundary in your life? Where did you do that? Why did you do that? Is it because of things in the past? Is it because you are so strongly attached to things in the past? Is it because of what God wants for you? Because you don't believe what God wants for you? Is it because of the culture that you were raised in? God has more. You know, and when you begin to realise what God's put on the inside of you, wow. Jacob never knew. Jacob had his own idea; he wanted to make a million man's way, and he went about it his way until he had an encounter with God on the road to Iran, and God turned him around. This morning can be a day that we make important decisions and we realign back on purpose. I believe this is an incredible account because the covenant that was extended to Abraham and Isaac was not complete until Jacob came into that equation. And what is really remarkable is that Jacob was like a wayward son. I mean, you know, uh, I think of my kids from time to time. My dad went to church, I went to church. Not all my kids want to go to church. But this is the beauty about covenant, where one man in one generation makes a real covenant. Say that, real covenant. We must be in the real covenant with God. It's not an emotional thing. It's not a mental thing, it's a heart, gut level decision where we give God our all, 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 all. All. It's like we can come to Christ and we can give him a decision. And we can fill out the decision card. But God is looking for all. All. Now, now it's not, good, not easy to, to give all. But what haven't you given? This is where the enemy can control you. And now there is a marvelous opportunity this morning where we can give the extra that we haven't given. It was amazing what happened to Jacob in this place. Because God was extending the covenant of his fathers, Abraham and Isaac. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. And the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as dust of the earth. This is generational blessing. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and you and all the seed of your families of the earth shall be blessed. This is God's incredible covenant of blessing that he made with Abraham, the father of faith, and he made that, that covenant was extended to Isaac when Abraham took him to Mount Moriah to offer his son. And Isaac began to walk in that covenant relationship with his father and with God. Now, Jacob is sort of off the rails because he doesn't want to follow the lineage exactly. He knows the cost, he knows the price, and he's still wrestling, I want this blessing. Yeah. He knocked his brother Esau right out of the race. I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got big brothers. I can relate to it. Also your descendants shall be as a dust of the earth, you shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And you will bring and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. Well, this is an amazing encounter that Jacob had. God, give give us an encounter like that. Do you want one like that? Serious? Do you want to push in and get one like that? Yeah? You know? So on Sunday mornings, where am I? I'm down the back. I'm looking and, you know, because God's given me a bit of responsibility over the flock and I'm thinking, do these guys really want that? Sometimes I'm feeling God's asking me, do you really want that? Because, see, there's boundaries that are set up that want to keep you out of the presence of God. Sometimes it can be fear. I remember when I first started going to a church like this. I loved it, but I feared it. I thought they were nuts. Now I'm one of them. Let's go further than we ever have before. Let's cast our abandon. Let's cast off the restraint. Maybe God's restraining us, holding us back, or we feel like that, but there is a restraint that we put on ourselves when we think wrongly, when we are attached to the things of the world, when patterns have been established in our life that keep us out of the presence of God. God wants us to come right in this morning. Every Sunday, when we gather corporately, we've got a choice. Go right into the throne of of grace, or skirt around. And think, this is what's it's all about. Amen. God wants the church in partnership with him, connected to him, aligned with him. Because what I very much see in this, it's like if you see this, uh, you know, this uh, beautiful chandelier here that represents the heavens. Jacob is sort of off track over here. And he's doing things his way. He's not far out. But, but something's pulling him back. And he did not want to go there himself. You know why? Because he had a will. But God also had his will and his plan. And God, right there, bought him under a portal. Right there. Hey, this is a good place. Right under the portal of heaven. And that's where we can live our life. What about you? What about you, young people? Yeah, what about you? Are you screaming, I want to be under that portal? Well, you can be because I'd say for our young people, we've got a reserve bunch. And that's okay. But remember, you're a parent reserve. Must be backed by a strong character and pursuit to get right in under. Don't be like Jacob who just wanted to stay out and do it his own way. But he got right in under there. And that was the place where God changed him. And it must have only been about 10 or 12 hours God dealt with this guy and turned turned his destiny around. The Lord said, Behold, I'm with you. I'll keep you wherever you go. I want to say that to every person in this room this morning. Regardless of where you're at, what's going on, your hindrances, your battles, your demons. Behold, I'm with you and will keep you wherever you go. Remember that. Remember it. Behold, I'm with you and I'll keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I've done what I have spoken to you. Is this ringing a bell on the inside of anyone? Come on. Don't smile at me and don't nod at me. And don't tell me a lie. Come, come and say, I'm, I'm in trouble here. I need to fix this. That's how we do it. You seen that meme? Oh God, I'm in trouble. Or you go and you say, Papa God, I've messed up. That's the only way you can fix problems. One way. And it's easy. Once it's done, any problem you're going through this morning can be fixed. But I think today's the day. (laughs) This is such a good story. He's on the trade route, a rock for a pillow. You'd be dreaming if you had a rock for a pillow, wouldn't you? And then the Lord awoke him from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. What an amazing thing. Well, you know, I knew that Pastor Brian was here and Pastor Lynn and Jules and Heidi and the team but I never knew the Lord is in this place. Man. And he was afraid. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. You better believe it. (laughs) You better believe it. If you believe that your life can turn around today Forever. Don't leave the job partially done. What a shame to go through all that hell and only go so far. And hang on to some ungodly thing that if it doesn't take you into hell, it's certainly going to bring hell into your life. You know, I, I see, you know, things like if I could say this, I could say addictions and things like pornography. And, and if you read the book of uh, Corinthians, even crazier than that in those days. I don't know. You know, God's the judge. He's the judge. He decides. But see, what doesn't take you to hell may bring hell to you. And you burn Unnecessary. Hey, let me tell you, today's the day. Today's the day to get back under the portal, to go, Papa, God, I've blown it. What do you think? Anyone like that? I'm like this just about every week. The terrible shame is that pastors battle with the same things that everybody else does. But you've got to have your reality check or you can't find your way out of it. See, there was a divine portal that Jacob found himself under. God brought him right to it. He brought him right to it. Isn't that just God? Isn't that God, yeah. he brought you right to it, you duffer. Now don't stand on the outside, get in, in, in. in. I tell you, we need to get in yes. under the spout, under the portal, yes. under the gate of heaven. Yeah. You know what churches really should be, what they are and what they're called to be? Gateways to heaven, yeah. every one of them. That's why when you sing, don't you be late for worship. (laughs) You accept responsibility. You be the one who opens the gates. There's a divine portal, and you've got to, on Sunday, you should say, you know, if you really want to spin your friends out, say, I'm going to the portal. I'm going to the portal. (laughs) God brought him right there. God's bringing you right here. Come on. This is for you. You know, after five years of walking with Jesus, there will be no shadow of your past if you walk this way. The divine portal is there. This was a... Vital step in the realignment and reorientation of Jacob. Jacob changed after the blessing of God came on him. The road to Haran was just a road, it was like a trade route. Jacob was operating in the world system and bound up there, but God had to do something in him before he could fulfill his purpose through him. And that is probably true with every person in this room. God did not save you to have you sitting on a fence. God did not save you to be sitting in a row in a church. He did not save you for that. He saved you so that you could become a son of destiny. Do you hear that? A child of destiny, a child of the living God. With full children's rights and responsibilities. This is a vital step in the realignment and reorientation of Jacob. Jacob changed after the blessing of God. This set him up for an encounter with an angel, which I believe to be an Old Testament appearance of Christ. In Genesis chapter 32. And it was there that God changed his name. From Jacob, which means man who tells tall stories. Means trickster, crooked. To the prince of God. God wants to set your life in order. He wants to set his house in order. So that in the city there will be a well-ordered house. A well-ordered house is a body of accurately aligned believers. They are aligned through the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the priorities of heaven have become mine. That's how you align. Well, I want to live where I want, go where I want, do what I want. Well, you're still just a bit like Jacob. But God wants to bring you right under that portal figuratively speaking it's a place of obedience it's a place of transparency jacob was transparent the angel said what's your name and he says jacob he said he he told him i'm a crook i'm bent out of shape this is literally what it means and god says well from today from today. Hey, this can be your day. Let it be your day. Don't let a darn thing hold you out. I don't want you held out. I want you in. In. Amen. God set in place a well-ordered house. Ephesians Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Ephesians chapter 3. Now, this is really good. I reckon this is all about alignment. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's a power at work within you. You just have not been practicing with it the way you should. Maybe. Maybe. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generation forever and ever. It's a generational thing. You know, for so long the church has stood on the outside of the game wondering whether it's in the right place. It's like the church corporately and the nation has been like Jacob. But this morning, I believe something's going to change in some hearts. And maybe there's hundreds of lives that could change as a result where you begin to bring yourself under the portal you bring, bring yourself and line yourself up there and go, this is not good enough. I'm going to change this. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to win this. I'm going to pursue my God like never before in Jesus' name. Don't let the past rob you. Don't let a crooked testimony destroy your life. Change it now. Fix it now. I tell you, we love everybody doesn't matter, because God wants to restore every person. Man, just you guys, I love seeing you're on church, you're just starting this epic journey. But you know, the devil does this, he wants to stop you in your tracks. It's like the manifest presence of God is here, but if he can keep us here, you stay in bondage. That's why when we worship we push. You gotta go further. Are you getting the picture? You gonna do this? Something my spiritual father continually says, every battle's winnable. It depends on the decision you make at the right time. Here's the key. Here's the key. I ha- can't get to my points. There's another 20 minutes there. <laughs> but I think you're getting the, the point anyway. The key Jesus must be number one. He must be number one. Do you know why we're losing Australia? Jesus is not number one in the church. That's simple. Yeah, I know the Antichrist is going to rise and all that stuff. No one said he had to rise here. Jesus must be number one. Regularly check your alignment. Are you living in the spirit? Are you following something in the flesh? Are you too strong in your soul? For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God, Amen. Amen. We're going to stand. We're going to have our team. We're just going to worship. I want you to come and really just, uh, yeah. It's great to see you. Really is. Don't stay there any longer. Amen. gosh, some problems seem just too big. don't know if you had a problem that just seems too big. Have you ever had one of them? Sometimes you just don't admit it. We've just never admitted that my problem just seems too big. Well, now's the day. I don't care how bad it looks. Let's deal with this. Is a call out to the church, you know, because God wants a well ordered house. And, you know, generational blessing is not just generations and generations of people who have religion or believe in Jesus, but this is serious blessing.